Before I begin with prayer, can we just take a moment right now, come together as a church, and can, can we just take a moment to put all of our personal feelings, our personal agendas aside? Can we just lay down our crowns, lay down our rights, and can we just take a moment right now with humility and repentance? Can we just invite the presence of God here in this place into our hearts to speak to us and to bring us conviction? Can let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we're here today, God, to worship you in spirit and truth. God, you know all things, everything that is within me, everything that, God, that is going to be within us, oh God. God, you know us inside out, even before we were even born. God, you had a plan and a purpose for us, God. You know all things, God. You are a God who is omnipotent, omniscient. You know all things, oh God. You know everything about us, oh God. So God, we come to you, God, in humility and with gratitude. We humble ourselves, God, right now, God, here in this place. We invite your presence, God, here in this place. If your presence is not with us, God, everything, God, that we do is in vain, oh God. Come and bring conviction. Come and bring truth within us, oh God. Stir within us a passion for your name, a passion to seek your face. Not just on holidays, not just on Christmas Sunday, not just on Easter Sunday, but Lord, every single day, every single Sunday, every time we gather together under the banner of the name Jesus Christ, that will come with a passion, because God, a passion is a choice that we make. We choose today to worship you. We choose today to honor you. So God, I pray, God, right now, God, you would have your way with us. Speak to us, God, for we're listening. Speak to us, O oh God, for we are desperate to hear your voice, O oh God. Strengthen us, O oh God, through the ups and the downs, God. Even when life brings us up, help us to bow down and humble ourselves and turn to you with thanksgiving. Even when life defeats us, O oh God, let us get back up and to follow you wholeheartedly, O oh God. Let us follow you with a passion, a passion, just as a passion that, God, that you died on the cross for us. For you loved us and you died for us so that we could have life. To the full. So God, we honor you today. We give you all the praise and all the honor that is deserving of your great name, of your holy name. We honor you, God. Holy Spirit, everywhere within us. Speak to every single one of those who are listening here in this place. We need you today more than yesterday. We need you today more than yesterday. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Heavenly Father, we are here today to meditate upon your word, not just to meditate, but Lord, to let it sink within our hearts, the root of our hearts, and God, out of the overflow of our hearts, that our mouth will speak and that we will act, that we will live in a way that is worthy to your holy name, O oh God. So I pray, God, as you transition now to the message, I pray, Lord, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, that God, the meditation of all of our hearts for those who are listening, for God, it will be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord. For God, you are our rock and our redeemer. So God, we come to you with an attitude and with the spirit of humility. And we ask God that you would just speak to us so that we may hear your word and God be transformed and to be sanctified every single day. Father, we love you. We thank you. 
Thank you for this honor. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, in my prayer. And God's people pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Can we just take a moment right now to greet our neighbor? And we'll begin with today's service. We're going to take a quick break. We are in our Philemon, Philemon or Philemon series. But today, I felt in my heart, especially this week, with everything that's been happening, I felt in my heart to make a shift and change. And last minute, I did a whole different sermon. And this is a sermon that I would like, that I feel, that I, not I feel, but I know with the conviction in my heart that this is a message that is for us, for me, for us as a church, for you, for us today. And the title is called, Wake Up Church. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, wake up. Wake up, up, church. Wake up. Let's begin with Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14 through 17. Ephesians 5, 14, 17, it says, This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I want to read it one more time. It says, this is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We need to wake up. Wake up, church. We are living in tumultuous times. Your faith, your minds, your hearts are under attack. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan, Pearl Harbor. Good evening. Today, our fellow citizens, our way of life, our very freedom came under attack. In a series of deliberate and deadly terrorist acts, the victims were in airplanes or in their offices, secretaries, businessmen, and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil, despicable acts of terror. 9-11-2001. These are some of the greatest surprise attacks in our U.S. history. With absolute no warning, 353 Japanese aircraft killed about 2,500 Americans and wounding many more. And even one life lost during this pandemic is way too many. I know right now everything is confusing, even in our own personal lives. Some of you, some of the things that you wanted to accomplish in your school, even after school, from graduating, or even in your jobs, there's been some pause, some stalling because of everything that's been happening with the pandemic. Some of you haven't even been able to go back to your universities. You've been doing everything online. I know everything is confusing at the moment and is filled with uncertainty. Yes, I know. 
However, may we as faithful men and women of God, and that's who we are, faithful men and women of God, because we are here today because we desire to worship God. We are faithful men and women of God. We're not perfect. We are all sinners. We are, we're all sinful. But at the same time, we are faithful men and women of God because we, our hearts desire to worship Him. And we must set our hearts on things that truly matter. Not on the season of this pandemic. Not getting discouraged. Yes, it's okay to be discouraged. But not staying discouraged. Not living in fear. But it's time for us to wake up. Wake up. And focus on things. On the thing that truly matter. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Set your minds on things above. Not on earthly things. How can we not set our sights on earthly things? For we live in this world. It's impossible for us to not focus on things of this world. It's not saying neglect your responsibilities. It's not saying neglect the things that you are called to do in this life. But our focus, our main focus, our citizenship is not of United States, of the United States of America. It's not the citizenship of another country, of Korea, or different nation, Philippines. It doesn't matter where we are from or where our passport says that we are born or the birth certificate. Our citizenship is in heaven with Christ, and you are a member of a citizenship that cannot be taken away from you, and that is in heaven, that is with our Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it says in Colossians 3, 2. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for earthly things are going to fade and it will disappear. Isaiah 41, 10. My favorite, favorite, favorite passage of all. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you with my righteous right hand. Not just in our personal lives, but everything that is happening in our nation and in this world. Confusion everywhere that is happening. With these doctrines that are being taught all over the world, even in our own school system. During this week, in the Congress, Democratic representative, quote-unquote, pastor. His name is Emmanuel Cleaver. Please remember that name, Emmanuel Cleaver. He ended his prayer with amen and a woman. Keep in mind that the word amen is not, has nothing to do with gender. Amen, a Hebrew word, amen, it means to so it be, be a so. It means truth. It means to verify. That's why at the end when we pray, right, I pray amen and amen. I'm not trying to copy that guy. I've been doing amen and amen long before this guy. Amen and amen means to confirm, to verify. So we're saying, when we say together as a church, amen, it means so it be, God. It has nothing to do with gender. It's not even an English word. It comes from a Hebrew word, which means God. Let it be. Verify the truth of God. But in this article, Representative Cleaver, he ended his prayer in the name of the monotheistic God, but also included the four-faced Hindu God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. Then the Methodist pastor, he's a Methodist pastor, closed with a man and a woman 
which likely was an effort to make the prayer more gender inclusive. I would like to show you the clip. Now may the God who created the world and everything in it bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace. Peace in our families, peace across this land. And dare I ask, O Lord, peace even in this chamber, now and evermore. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. Amen and a woman. Let me continue in the article. It says, this comes a day after newly re-elected House Speaker Nancy Pelosi introduced new House rules created to make the representative body more inclusive that removes all gender-specific words from certain documents, including he, she, mother, and son, and replaces them with words like representative, parent, and child. Speaking about the new rules package that will be voted on Monday, Pelosi said, Democrats have crafted a package of unprecedented bold reforms which will make the House more accountable, transparent, and effective in our work to meet the needs of the American people. Cleaver, the one that you saw in the video, responded with, I concluded with a lighthearted pun in recognition of the record number of women who will be representing the American people in Congress during this term, as well as in recognition of the first female chaplain of the House of Representatives whose service commenced this week. And I include his feedback and his response because I'm trying to be fair and objective in his prayer and what he said. But here's what I've came, the conclusion that I've come up with. This, my friends, is not funny. Comparing God, Yahweh, Jesus Christ, to the lowercase God, Brahma, a deity, a Hindu God, known by many names, by many different faiths, he says. The audacity for him as a pastor, the disrespect to the name of God, we must take this seriously. The scripture is very clear of how he compares, how our God, the God that we worship, the God that we serve, how, he's, how he desires to be known in, on this, wor- in this world. It says in Psalm 41, 13, that it says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. Psalm 89, 52, praise be to the Lord forever, amen and amen. Just the Lord, our Lord, he is the only one that is to be praised, our King and our Lord in his name is Yahweh. The audacity to place the holy name of God next to a mortal Hindu deity, our Lord is holy, and we are called to never defame the name of this holy God. It says in Ezekiel 39, 7, I will make known, I will make known my holy name among my people Israel. I will no longer let my holy name be profaned And the nations will know that I, the Lord, am the Holy One in Israel. I will no longer let my name, my holy name, be profane. Exodus 27, it says, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. 
And we see what happens when God, the name of Yahweh, our Lord God, is compared to another God. In the Bible, it says in Scripture, in 1 Samuel chapter 5, and please follow along with me in this passage. The title says, The Ark and Ashdod and Ekron. The Ark is talking about the Ark of God. The Ark of God in the Old Testament, it was the presence of God. It represented the presence of God. Now the presence of God, it dwells within you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament, the ark of God was the presence of God. And in the story, the ark of God is taken away from the Israelites. It has been taken away by its rightful owners because the Israelites were rebellious before God and therefore the Philistines, the enemy, if you remember, Goliath was also part of the Philistine. That whole side of the army, they took away the Ark of God. So the Israelites no longer had access to the Ark of God. And take a look at what happens in this story. It says in verse 1, After the Philistines had captured the Ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod, then they carried the ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. I think we joked like then that that was your nickname or something, Dagon? Was it Dagon or it starts with a D? It was another name. It was like two weeks ago. Dorian? Oh, yeah, Dorian. Yeah, Dorian. Everything with D. Okay, Dagon. Okay, just remember Dagon. Okay, when the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon. That was their God, the God of the Philistines, falling on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. But the following morning when they rose, there was Dagon falling on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. That is why to this day, neither the priests of Dagon nor any others who enter Dagon's temple at Ashdod step on the threshold. The Lord's hand was heavy on the people of Ashdod and his vicinity. He brought devastation on them and afflicted them with tumors. When the people of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not stay here with us because his hand hand is heavy on us and on Dagon, our God. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, what should we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, have the ark of God of Israel moved to Gath. So they moved the ark of the ark of the God of Israel. But after they had moved it, the Lord's hand was against that city, throwing it into a great panic. He afflicted the people of the city, both young and old, with an outbreak of tumors. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. As the ark of God was entering Ekron, the people of Ekron cried out, They have brought the ark of the God of Israel around to us to kill us and our people. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, Send the ark of the God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place. It will kill us and our people. For death had filled the city with panic. God's hand was very heavy on it. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors. And the outcry of the city went up to heaven. The presence of God, the name of God, is not to be toyed with. God cannot coincide and live with other God's. Even if it's meant to be a pun, to be cute, we must take our prayers. You know, when you guys come and do your offering prayers, 
I see some of you guys writing and you read. You guys prepare and you guys do it from the heart. Unlike Ronnie when he goes up and he begins and he's like, yeah, I got this. I'm so good. Hello, everyone. You know, Ronnie here. You know, let's all pray together. And then and he prays. You do, you do a good job, Ronnie. You do it from the heart. But it's good to prepare and to give our best, even in an offering prayer. I remember even at a young age, you know, when you know, my father had to give an offering prayer. You know, but Koreans take it to a, a whole other level. They practice, 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 practice. You know, they, they do it because they want to do it right before God. Some maybe they want to do it because they want to look good. God knows the heart. God knows why we do what we do. The presence of God is not to be toyed with. The prayer was not funny. It was not cute. He stepped over the line. I mean, where does this end? Should we just change things just because things don't fit our own personal feeling agenda? I said his name was Emmanuel Cleaver. Should we change his name to E. Womanuel Cleaver? Should we change the government to go govern woman, Brahma to Brahpa? Where does this end? When we put things just to fit our own agenda, where does this end? Where does this madness end? To use the name of God, to defame the name of God, to say amen and woman, when it has nothing to do with gender. And we see everything that's happening around us, transgender surgeries for kids, wanting to pass a legislature, now that children can make their own decision. Young children under the age of 18, they can make their own decision to undergo transgender surgery, which will be permanent. It will leave them scarred for life. A decision that they cannot change or take away. Even getting a tattoo at a young age is something that people will regret. Kids are always changing what they want. I like, I don't know, Boys to men one day, and then NSYNC one day. I don't know guy groups now, boy bands. I like this, I like that. I like you, I like this person. I like this group, I like this person. They're always changing in what they like and what they desire. But we see now, right now, with celebrities with their young children, they decide at, at a young age to decide for their, chi- for their child and to, to choose the gender that they want, and they decide, and they decide to support it. And they go ahead and they go in that direction. And as children, what do they really know what they really want? Isn't it the job of the parents to show them the right path of what is godly and what is not? If you ever watched the Transhood documentary, it shows parents brainwashing four-year-olds into transgenderism. And this isn't just about gender. It's about everything. It's even about the Christian faith. If you ever watched the documentary Jesus Camp, these kids, you see it, and it's so sad because they're being brainwashed into speaking tongues, into thinking and thinking that they're sinners, and these little boys, the little, little girls, they're crying they're because, they're, because they've been told that they're sinners before God. And yes, it is true, but it shouldn't be done in a forceful, in a coercing, and in a brainwashing way. It's important for that child to grow up, to see the world, to visit another country, to have friends, people from all over with different religion. And in the end, they make that choice on their own, that my faith, my life, 
My life, it belongs to God, and I will give my life to Jesus Christ. But so many of us, children, they get brainwashed into believing something, and it's not something that they believe in. We live the dreams of our parents when we are called to live the life that God has called us to live. I mean, with the surgery, young children, boys and girls, making a life-altering decision to transform their gender because in their heart they somehow believe that they are not who they are meant to be. But I want to talk to you for those who are the older sibling, for those who have children, for those who are in a position of leadership or an older sister or an older brother. I want to challenge you. It says in Deuteronomy 6.2, so that you, your children and their children, after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Not just you, but for the children that will come after us, for the next generation. What examples are we setting for the ones who, are, who will come after us? The young children, especially as teachers, what will they learn from your life? Men and women of God, we are under attack. We have pastors like Emmanuel Cleaver in public and recording, defaming the name of God. A wolf in sheep's clothing, saying amen and a woman. We are under attack every day. Our children, the lives of the people around us, our friends, our peers, were under attack by the enemy. This year, Corona death has taken us, taken over us with fear. And the reality of Corona is scary. It is. However, do not lose your courage. Do not live in fear. Just quickly, just want to talk about this topic. These topics are important to me. It should be important to us as Christians. Let's transition real quick, just real quick about abortion. As Christians, we are called to live a life of victory. Men and women of God, we must wake up. And this is happening around us right now. In this article, by faith it it says that this just in, more people died in 2020 from abortions than any other cause of death worldwide. That's right. Despite the overwhelming number of deaths that 2020 brought us through the coronavirus pandemic, abortion was once again named the leading cause of death last year, killing nearly 24 times more people than the coronavirus. Data compiled by Worldometers, a highly accredited site that collects official data from governments, scientific journals, and other reputable groups like the World Health Organization, revealed that as of December 31st, 2020, an estimated 42.7 million abortions have been performed over the course of the year. 42.7 million abortions. Those staggering statistics, when compared to the number of babies born in 2020, would suggest that nearly a quarter of all pregnancies worldwide, 23% ended in abortion for every 33 lives 
live births last year, 10 babies were aborted in the U.S. alone. Only U.S. alone. Where nearly half of all pregnancies are unplanned, and four in 10 of these terminated by abortion. There are over 3,000 abortions per day. By the day today ends, 3,000 babies have died when our service has finished today. According to Johns Hopkins University, worldwide deaths from the coronavirus is in 2020 totaled 1.8 million. By comparison, raw other meters reveal that 8.2 million people died from cancer, 5 million from smoking, 1.7 million of HIV AIDS, with deaths from abortion exceeding those from cancer. HIV AIDS, suicide, malaria, and car accidents combined Several pro-life activist groups are calling abortion the social justice cause of our time. Men and women of God, we are under attack. We are living in a serious time. and We have to wake up what's happening all around us. Do not live your life like a fool, like an ignorant individual, not knowing what is really going on around us. It's important to not lose heart. Always read the scripture. Have the word of God rooted in your heart. Have the wisdom and discernment to know what is right and what is wrong. And make sure that you're not believing everything that you see with your eyes in this world. Or what you see in social media. Instead, we must trust and believe and surrender our life to Jesus Christ. Because only in him will there be life. Do not trust in anything else but in Jesus Christ. John 15, 4 through 8. Can we as a church, can we all read it together? Ready? One, two, three. Remain in me. Let's transition to the next scripture. Can we all read it together? John 1, 1 through 5, and John 1, 14. Ready? 1, 2, 3. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the life of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then verse 14, ready? One, two, three. The Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. What can we get from these two passages in John? John 15 and in John 1. It's saying that Jesus Christ is the answer. 
He is the light. He is the light that shines. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. In him is life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And therefore, we must what? Remain in our Lord Jesus Christ, because our citizenship is not of this world, but of heaven. Jesus is God. Therefore, as man and woman of God, I want to quickly talk about the three points. And before that, let's please add, live in Jesus Christ with, with. And I want you to think of IWC, okay, IWC, okay. Number one, integrity. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, integrity. Integrity. Now, in integrity, there is be, do, keep, remain. The sub-points, A, B, C, and D. Be, do, keep, and remain. What do I mean by be? Be what you say you are. Integrity means be what you say you are. Be men and women of God. And do. Do what you say you will do. Keep your promise. Keep. Keep your word. Keep your promise. Remain. Remain grounded in Christ. And so he says in Matthew 5, 37, just say a simple yes I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. James 5, 12 says, Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no, otherwise you will be condemned. Integrity is to live in honesty. It's to live with character, with integrity, honesty, and with integrity, having confidence and knowing that a person will have their integrity, will follow through with their promise. So Jonathan, we're having lunch next Wednesday. Jonathan's like, yes. Jonathan, are you sure? Yes. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, last minute, I can't show up. Integrity is knowing that you will keep your promise and that you will keep your word. It's like, Yoon, you sure? You want to meet? Yeah, I, I want to. You sure? Yeah, I want to. And then you hear from someone else, dude, he really didn't want to meet you. He didn't. He's just saying, integrity. Revealing who you are with the words and the actions that you act. May your yes be yes and your no be no. Right now we see a lot of hypocrisy, especially with church leaders politicians so much lies integrity number two wisdom live in Jesus Christ with wisdom now two and three is going to go hand in hand together which I will get to number three soon but let's go ahead and quickly because we talked about wisdom in the last few weeks uh, let's talk quickly about wisdom. Now, Proverbs 4, 6 tells us this. I shared this passage in the past. It says, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you, love her, and she will watch over you. 1 Corinthians 3.19 also says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. 1 Corinthians 3.19. So within wisdom, we talked about how there are two types of wisdom. Letter A, godly wisdom, and letter B, worldly wisdom. Now, godly wisdom versus worldly wisdom is 
to know what is right versus to know what is wrong. To do what is right versus to do what is wrong. To speak what is right versus to speak what is wrong. To be able to choose what is godly versus choosing what is worldly. To be able to pursue godly conviction versus its worldly desires and influences. So in life, it comes down to godly wisdom versus worldly wisdom. Which type of wisdom do we have? We understand that even with Solomon, when Solomon, we talked about 2 Chronicles 1, later in 1 Kings 11, where Solomon, you, you know who he is. He's the son of David. David is not able to finish the temple. Solomon is the one that takes, takes up, he's going to take the baton and he's going to go ahead and finish the temple. And then God, he appears to him and God asks him, Solomon, whatever you want, I will give it to you. Ask for whatever you want, you wish. And then what does Solomon say? He says, God, give me wisdom and knowledge so I can lead your people. Therefore, God responds, since you, your heart's desire, since you did not ask for wealth, possession, or honor, not the death of your enemies, and since you have asked, not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you, and I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. But we have to remember that wisdom is not everything. With wisdom, you need courage, which is point number three. But quickly, I want to stay on wisdom just real quick before I go right into courage. What happens with Solomon? He receives wisdom, yes. He was the wisest king in all of history. But what, what was the legacy of Solomon? Solomon, it says in 1 Kings 11, he loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites, they were all from the nation that God said, do not be intertwined with them. Do not intermarry with them. Because your, your heart will turn to their gods. It says it didn't matter. Solomon, he still held on with love. He has 700 wives and 300 concubines. Right, Ronnie? 700 wives, 1,000 women. And it says these women turn his heart after other gods. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as, as the heart of David his father had been. It says, he did evil in the eyes of God. He followed these gods and goddesses and turned his heart away from God. Adults, leaders, teachers, pastors, elders, kuyas, youngs, brothers, sisters, older brothers, sisters, why are we not stepping up for the younger generation? Why are you not providing them godly wisdom? Why Solomon fell? Because he didn't have courage to stand up for what was right. You need to have courage with wisdom. Being wise is not enough. There are a lot of wise people that we know, but they lack courage to follow through. A lot of them, we see, a wise individual, a man, a young man, he is wise. 
But the moment they enter a relationship, they're no longer, they're still wise. They still know what they have to do, but they lack the courage to lead and to lead with conviction, to speak and to do what is true. To have wisdom without courage is like going to war without your armor and with your weapons. Why would you go to war without your proper gear? You guys ever play video games where you mess all the armors and all the equipment? Some of you cheat and you buy it, you purchase it online, you spend a lot of money, and you get all this. And then somehow in the middle of the game, the creators, they make you get arrested or something. Or you go to jail and you're stripped naked. And then you have to start again without your gear. You lost it all. You have to do it again. Or in the beginning of a game, you go and you're, you have no armor, no nothing. Why would you go to war? naked and without the proper equipment. If you do not have courage with wisdom, it will amount, your wisdom will amount to nothing. All it's going to do is you're just going to have head knowledge, head knowledge, and your head's just going to get big and will become spiritually obese. But you need to act. And from the overflow of the wisdom that you have, you need to have courage to act. Wisdom plus courage, they go hand in hand. It's like milk and cookies, rice and kimchi, cucumber kimchi. Yes, KP? Rice and cucumber kimchi. KP and Oreo. Andy and peanut butter. Tony and stain. They all go together, hand in hand. We need to be an anchor in a world of shifting values, but we must put it into action. Do not be a coward in this world. Satan is the prince of this world. He is always acting. We must stay alert. First Peter 5 eight tells us, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. You have an enemy who hates you. He hates you with passion. He hates you, Jonathan. He hates you. He desires to destroy you. Therefore, we must now respond with silence and with discouragement, for we are feeding him more power. But we must be bold as a lion, because our Lord is a lion. We must be fierce in our prayers, in our walk with God. Many of us, when we're faced with the enemy, you will respond with silence. For example, your friends or coworkers, they mock the name of God, like Emmanuel Cleaver that we just heard with the prayer. In their cute way, they don't mean it. Oh, I meant it in a good way. They mock the name of God. And then we are silent because we lack the courage to follow through and to speak through. And it reveals our cowardliness. Remember David and Goliath, what he did. He went and he spoke against Goliath. How dare you defame the Lord, my God. And he went. And David Goliath, he was mocking the name of God. He's like, ah, none of you are brave enough, strong enough. Who is God? Mocking him. But David, a young shepherd boy, young boy, he had the courage to go ahead and fight and fight 
he did. Sometimes, obviously, it's better to stay silent. But staying silent in a moment of adversary, uh, not taking a stance as godly man and woman of God, that is a big no. Your silence is your answer. We have to stand up and speak what is the truth. We must stand and speak and do what is godly with courage. You know, I may seem like a young pastor, but, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, Been to missions many times since I was a young age, more than one time, one year. And I've seen and experienced a ministry dealing with all types of personalities, characters, and individuals. And I have seen two types of individuals. And this applies to elders. This applies to young kids. Uh, to teachers, youth group teachers, youth group pastors. And it, it comes down to two. Letter A is a person of courage. And letter B, a person lost in acceptance. Now, what do I mean by acceptance? This is always rooted in fear. I'm talking about people who are always wanting to be accepted. This is always rooted in fear, guys. Always afraid how people are going to view you, You know, all you want to do is to be accepted. Therefore, when you have to stand for something, you don't stand for anything. You can't because you lack the courage to do so. Oh, how spineless this generation has become. I just want you to look at our church, what we had to go through in the last few years, the decisions that we had to make that took courage, not just wisdom, but courage to follow through. When someone says this, you bend this way. When someone doesn't approve, you bend that way. Back and forth, back and forth. Ephesians 4.14 says, tossed back and forth by the ways, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming back and forth, back and forth, here today and there tomorrow. And the challenge is this, and I'm closing with this. Are you a man and woman of integrity, of wisdom, and of courage? Wake up, church. Wake up and know what is going on around you. Right now in this life, in this season that you're living in. Do not get lost just in your emotions and what you're feeling or what you're going through right now. For God is greater than all things. IWC. Ronnie's like, IWC? That's my watch. It's a watch company, IWC. So it's easy for you to remember. IWC. Integrity, wisdom, not watch, not clock. Integrity. Good. Live in Jesus Christ with IWC. I pray that in the beginning of this month of 2020, That we will wake up, wake up church, integrity, wisdom, and courage. And with that, and when you're ready, I want to invite you guys uh, to please bow your heads with me, uh, with your eyes closed. As you get ready to finish uh, today's service before God, uh, 
just with everything that is going on around us. Can we just take a moment right now to reflect upon the Word of God this morning? Waking up with the question, are you a man and woman of integrity, wisdom, and courage? Look into your heart right now. Look at your life. Look at the way that you've been living in 2020. Have you been living in fear with the pandemic and with the corona? Or are you living courageously? Are you living in faith? Are you living boldly before God? Not afraid of how others view you. Some of you, you are so caught up in the things of how people view you. You're too focused. You're too insecure. You're too focused on what they think about you or what your family member thinks about you. At the end of the day, who cares? It's about how God sees you. How does God view you? How do you view yourself? Live victoriously. Live courageously. Live in integrity. Live in wisdom. Live in courage. Know that it's only through Christ, only in Jesus Christ, can you overcome the darkness of this world. John 15 says, In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. You are the light that shines. Do not forget who you are and whose you are. And the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness has no power over you. Satan has no power over you. Overcome by the power of the cross, by the power and the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. Know your worth. Know the strength that you have that is found in Christ. The moral may think you're weak. You are not weak. You are victorious. You are a warrior in Christ. Fight the good fight. Do not give up. Do not be afraid. Do not tuck your tail. Do not be silent. Know your worth. Know who you are. Know that in Christ that we have life. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, strive to walk in freedom that is found in Christ. Walk in conviction. Walk in courage. Again, integrity, wisdom, courage. Not in wickedness and not with the wicked. So God, I pray, Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Yahweh, our King, our Lord, Jehovah Rapha, we love you, we thank you, we honor you. You are amazing. Your name is great. It is above all names. No other names can compare to your great and holy name. Dare we not defame the name of God? We live in a world where people are blinded and they live for themselves and they are lost by the doctrines and the ideologies of this world. But Lord, not me, God. I will stand up and pursue you and follow you. I may not be perfect. God, I may be weak. God, I'm human. And I may fall at times. And I may fall a lot. But Lord, one thing I have is persistence. One thing that I have is perseverance. I will get back up and follow you and continue to fight this good fight in this life that you have given me. So God, we honor you today. 
we give you our lives to you. Can we just take a moment right now, place your right hand to the left side of your chest, your heart, representing your life. Can we take a moment to recommit and surrender our life, your heart representing your whole being, your soul, your nefesh, your all being. Let's just go ahead and recommit, recommit our heart back to him. Let's ask God, God, help me to live with integrity. God, I will choose to live in integrity. God, give me wisdom today and give me courage to fight the good fight. Just pray in your heart. Ask God to give you these things that is found in Christ. Let's pray together. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Lord, we thank you for reminding us today to wake up. We are living in dark times and we are under constant attack. Lord, we will wake up as a church, not just as a church, but as a man and a woman of God. I choose today to live in integrity, to gain wisdom from you, O God, and to live courageously. We love you. We thank you. I pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and I pray. And God's people pray, amen and amen. Let's just sing this amazing song before God. And if you ever do want to listen to the song, it will be up in the recording on the site so you can listen to it through audio. But we're going to sing the chorus and focus on the chorus. Even if I am small in this one life you've given me, you always guide me, my amazing Lord, with all that I have. I will follow you, Lord. I will follow the one who has chosen me. Even when my pain is too great within me, the power of Christ will strengthen me. Even when I can't see, I will follow you, Lord. Let's make that our prayer and our worship before God as we start this week. If I am so- 
Worship Him. 